This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Tyler Kern, joined as always by the man himself, Mr. Greg Crumpton, fighting through audio issues, fighting through uh, who knows what else. Uh, but he's here today and uh, looking as splendid as ever. Greg, how are you? Man, I'm doing good. I, I'm, uh, I was thought I was ready to go and then I wasn't ready to go. So now I'm ready to go, kind of. Uh, well, Greg, we have another fantastic guest here joining us today. Another person who's really passionate about the skilled trades, and so I'm excited to dive in uh, and talk a little bit more about that with him today. It's Adam Hoots. Uh, he's a lead shepherd at Construction Ake Solutions. Uh, Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tyler. So I- I'm ready to go. I'm always ready to go, baby. Uh, but are we ready to go, Mr. Crumpton? I, I'm always ready to go as well. Uh, appreciate you taking. I appreciate you taking time with us this morning. It's uh, it's kind of funny to me of how we wound up talking in the first place. Um, Tyler, I kept seeing the, this thing on LinkedIn about hoots on the ground, hoots on the ground. So I'm like, I got to figure out what this is all about. So I uh, did a little digging, found Adam, uh, found out we both live in the same city. And uh, we had a cup of coffee, talked a little bit about people, talked about skilled trades and, and what we do. Um, and then we talked about the podcast. He's got a podcast. So it was kind of inevitable that we wound up here together to talk about skilled trades, podcasting and people. You know, when you, when you have last names like Crumpton and Hoots, you got to make the most of it when it comes to podcast names. And so that's, I feel like that's a really a, a combination of what we've done here today. You know, it sounds like it. Props to both of you for uh, nailing the branding. Well, he may take credit for his. I can't take credit for mine, but uh, anyway. It's been hard work earning mine. I can tell you that much. (laughs) Well, Adam, why don't you uh, just kick us off and tell us a little bit about you, about being a shepherd and achy uh, or or aches and pains within the industry. It's kind of what you do and how you do it and why you do it. Okay, Greg, I love that. I, I, first, I appreciate the opportunity just to be here. Uh, I love the podcast. I love what you're doing. Um, and I'm just excited to share my message with the world uh, through your avenue. And, and uh, so don't stop. Keep it up. I love it. Um, we will. As long as Tyler will have me, we'll keep rolling. <laughs> and Tyler, we got to talk after this, man. I might need some help on the old hoots on the ground. I carry a lot of the weight on that one right now. So. <laughs> um Let's do it. Let's do it. But so, so Greg, at 17, I started uh, in the construction industry as a plumber. Uh, and I did that for three years. Uh, the first couple of years were in the summertime. And my, my dad did that as kind of a, a way to make me work hard, to learn what it's like, to, to be in the field, to learn a trade, to be able to work with my hands. He did it kind of as uh, incentive for me to go to college, really. And, and get good grades there. And so I did. I went to the University of South Florida, got a degree in public cultural communications. Then I joined uh, Whiting Turner, which is a national general contracting company. Uh, worked for them for about 13 years, uh, traveled the country, built some of the world's just most awesome buildings, life science, high tech, clean rooms, laboratories, that sort of thing. Um, from there, I had teenage daughters that wanted to settle down, started to have friends. So we settled here in, in the Greenville, South Carolina area. Um, shortly after that, I actually had a kidney transplant, which uh, I don't often talk about, but 
I'm sure we might hit on some of that today. Um, what else? Uh, joined DPR when I got to Greenville. I uh, did a few projects with them, some with BMW, some with uh, Prisma Health, uh, really a lot with Clemson. Um, from there, I decided that the way I build on job sites is different than most, that I actually involve the people doing the work and I listen to the to the sound of the building and the sound of the people who are closest to the work and uh, make their lives easier. And so that's not common in construction, believe it or not. Um, and I realized this. And so I joined Langston Construction, which is a local organization here in Piedmont, South Carolina. Great organization, been in business for 50 years, um, but smaller. And so I could get my work done on, on a more timely basis. And I opened up Construction Ache Solutions, which you mentioned and, and Tyler mentioned as well, because um, the industry is full of aches and pains, right? We have uh, it, it's again, the industry is full of aches and pains. And so um, I have ways of building that uh, are able to alleviate those. And it's not really difficult ways. It's being transparent. It's it's learning. It's, uh, you know, flow efficiencies. It's uh, kind of all of these lean manufacturing principles that simply are just applied to the construction industry. So I apologize for the long-winded answer, but um, that that's just a, a taste of who I am. Uh, I'm also the voice of the Lean Builder podcast, as we mentioned. It's called Hoots on the Ground with No Bullshito. Uh, and I trust, again, that's why when I tune into your, your podcast here, you're straight up No Bullshito. And that's one of the things I love most about you. And, and again, I'm just excited to be here to do one with you and, and just, again, elevate the skilled trade workers because that's what it's all about. I appreciate hearing that background, Adam. I know that, that our listeners will as well. Um, you know, you, you come to know people for what they are, you know, like where they are at that point in time in their life or in your life. And then there's always a backstory that we don't always like peel back, you know, and look at them. How, I wonder how they got to, to do what they do. And, you know, my, my deal is a lot like yours. You know, I, I worked in the, in the field and, you know, kind of came through uh, wearing uh, Carhartts and uniforms and not three-piece Brooks Brothers, but uh, wouldn't trade that for the world. You, you said a couple of things. Uh, I want to go back to the kidney transplant. I know that uh, today, if, if people look back, today's the 13th of, of December, and uh, you put a post up about what you wanted for Christmas, and I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, so everybody can go check you out on LinkedIn. I'll be honest with you. That was super hard to do. I bet. I bet. I read that. And I just I reposted it, actually, because it, it kind of uh, it, it just hit a really nice note. So uh, cool. Cool. Good for you for being vulnerable, man. Um, the, the second thing I've always uh, I guess I could ask my partner over here, Siri, but uh, I think she's mad at me this morning, too. But. Tell, tell me where um, where lean came from. I'm not well versed on the lean. I understand what it is, but I don't know the origin of it. What is lean construction? What give us a, a quick thumbnail on that? Okay. Um, so real quick, if if Siri gives you troubles and Alexa's not working, there's this new thing called Open AI. I don't know if you've heard of it. Maybe Tyler, you've heard of it. It's I've used it a couple of times. It's pretty impressive. I'm just going to say that. Um, so maybe look that one up, Greg. I think that could uh, be be powerful in your uh, repertoire. I'm writing it down. You see this. Love it. Love it. Um, 
And actually, I bet you I could probably go out there and type in the question that you just gave me, and it would like tell me exactly what to say right now. Um, and I might do that later. But uh, from from my perspective, right? Uh, so lean came from really Henry Ford uh, in the assembly line, trying to make things easier. And then after World War II, the Japanese kind of they came over here, you know understood what Henry Ford was doing. They went back to their homeland. They didn't have as many resources, not as wasteful uh, as, as Americans are. Uh, and then they applied those concepts from their perspective to their manufacturing. Mainly Toyota is who's best known for using lean principles. Um, and so Toyota took and developed this process of utilizing lean principles really a, a keen basis of uh, being built on respect for people uh, and not respect for people as like an American sees it like, you know, just like being nice to somebody almost. It's more like, hey, I actually care that you exist as a human being and I'm going to do things to make your life easier, right? Like I'm going to set you up so that you can't fail. And it's an it's a entirely different perspective on respect. And if you go to Japan, you'll feel that. Um, and so what we what we've done now is is you know Toyota has documented their processes they bring people in they bring their competitors in they take them through tours of their how they make cars they're very open and transparent things are super visual they focus on flow and so now we're taking some of those principles and we're trying to pull those and apply those to the construction industry that's what i suspected i didn't know the henry ford tie in but um, so I, I study uh, G. Edwards Deming a yeah. lot, Dr. Deming. Oh yeah. And if, if you notice, I have this yes. little ink on my yeah. wrist. Yeah, change uh, for the better. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm a Kaizen practitioner uh, on many many topics. Uh, my biggest topic to work on is me because I, right. I need yeah. the most work. Um, but it, it's a I love the concept of the continuous improvement and we're never done. You know, we're always tweaking. You do, you measure, you monitor, you tweak, you do, you measure, you monitor, you tweak. And you know, that, that incremental change over time is monumental uh, of what, what can get accomplished. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for the open AI. I actually heard somebody speaking about that yesterday. Uh, I was on a, a listening to a webinar. Uh, last night uh, or yesterday with Jeffrey Gittimer and he referred to it. So uh, I got to get my homework done today after I get my, my day job squared away. Uh, I'm going to go to work on that. Anything Gary V says, man, I'm on it. I'll tell you what, he's, I trust that guy. He He's on the edge on a lot of stuff for sure. Um, I'm, I'm still on the fence of whether he was right or wrong on TikTok. Uh, oh, he, oh, he's right. Then, then you're on the wrong side of the fence, my man. Well, whether, whether it's a good thing or not is a whole nother question. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from a national defense and cybersecurity issue. But anyway, I respect that. But there's that's a whole also nother. the marketing and social and, and who's actually using it side of it as well. Um, yeah. So. Anyway. We're going to have that on the next podcast. <laughs> we actually have at ServiceLogic, we have a dude named Matt Campbell, and he's our cybersecurity guy. So I should get him on here one day, Tyler. We talk about that kind of crazy stuff because he's a dude, he's a great guy. Um, all right, back back to Hoots. All right. Um, 
So Adam, you, you just, when you were talking about building in the Greenville market, you named uh, Prism, you named uh, uh, BMW, Clemson. You, you pretty well have worked on every major entity in this town, as you just named. Uh, because having lived here for a year uh, or 11 months now, it, you kind of get the feel, you know, of what areas or, or, or who's building. Uh, you know, you and I talked about a building that I've been watching go up over here on Church Street that DPR is building. Yeah, I walked that building last week. Yeah. It's, it's really looking good. Uh, they finally got that. I've been work. I've been worried about this trim on the top where those that prism meets, but it looks like they got that square away. So, um, how how do you you know? It's like you go into. I go into a restaurant. I look at ductwork. You know, it's just what I do. You know, I can't help it. Just, my wife my hates blood. that. Yeah, my family's like, Dad, stop it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you didn't. You can't help it. This is it's just innate. So. Um, man, you've got a lot of initiatives going on. Um, it, it's when I look at everything you do on your profile, uh, I kind of worry about how many, how many hours of the day am I, I feel like I'm missing a few because if you can get all your stuff done, I feel like I'm shortchanged because I can't get all my stuff done and you got a lot more to do than I do. So, um, what, what do you feel like? This is kind of a random question, but you you got kids, you got a family, you got a job, you got a company, you've got a, a health thing that you live with. What's your motivator, man? What what drives you uh, past the paycheck? You know, what what is it that makes you think about lean? What makes you think about hosting a podcast, talking about skill traits, hanging out with with people like Jesse? And how do how do you what what's the motivator? Because I know a lot of that stuff doesn't pay worth a shit. Because I do some of it, you know. <laughs> In fact, exactly. COVID costs us money, right? Uh, right, Tyler. Uh, but so uh, it's it's the people side of it, right? There's a ton of people in this world who are less fortunate than me, who are working harder than me for less money than I make. Um, and a lot of the times those people don't look like me either. And so we have uh, big, big problems with regards to respect in the skilled trades. And we've got to fix that. And for far too long, construction has very much avoided the people side of lean. Uh, we've been all about like we've got to make processes better so we can make more money so we can make more money. Well, we're coming to find out that. Right now, we like we could make all the money in the world, but we don't have the people to do it. And so if we don't start treating our people better like human beings. And I'm, I'm, you know, this is like a, as simple as just talking to people in the field, like not even I'm not even broaching the subject of payment or insurance or benefits. And I'm sure there's a lot we can do there. But I'm talking about just treating people like human beings and like empowering them to teach something or to be a part of the like the bigger picture of what's going on and that's that's why i do it greg like you you're right a lot of it's just what i call the labor it's a labor of love and it's just because this industry it sucks like straight up it sucks to go to a job site and be on a job site from 6 a.m to 3 or 4 p.m in the afternoon 
and it's either super cold or it's really hot and you're digging through like you're digging ditches you're putting in pipe i mean and again don't get me wrong it, the conditions are tough but it's a necessary trade like you you are needed you're essential right they deemed us essential during the the pandemic and and so um I don't want to stop or prohibit people from going, but I do want them to be prepared for an industry that has a suicide rate that's second to none. That you're five times more likely to die on a job site than than any other hazard. You're five times more likely to die by suicide than any other hazard on a job site, and that's just unacceptable. Um, and so there's a lot of people out there who are on jobs who are sitting in a, a trailer that's on a job site in a remote location and they feel isolated and uh, man, they're away from their family for 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And it's a tough life. And so we got to make people more aware of it. We've got to uh, really, uh, again, just connect it because there's a community out there of people that are involving the people that are having fun on these job sites that are doing things that are exciting and different and, and, We're able to change the way that buildings are built by actually involving the brains of the people doing the work and not just their bodies. So that's what it is, man. There's a lot of people that are uh, underserved in this world and especially in the industry, and, and it's time to serve them. We're, we're going through, a, a, I, I don't want to overstate it, but I also don't want to minimize it. We're kind of going through a revolution right now within our country of people understanding uh, that, you know, and I, I'll use some generic wording here, life, work, balance, uh, finding your groove, whatever whatever those words are for, for an individual. I, I kind of juxtapose that idea against our companies and I feel like our companies are lagging a little bit, but I feel like they're beginning to really notice that Uh, as opposed, as you said, rather than finding ways to make more money quicker, we can't make money. We don't have people. So I, I believe that companies are beginning to uh, realize the human side of this equation uh, is real. The mental health side of the equation is real. Um, the suicide rate is real, especially for uh, uh Uh, veterans who are in the workplace and if, if you if you stack all that up against what we're doing to recruit people the recruit side of that equation is low because of everything you just said and, and that I recap uh, I, but I really believe that we're at this precipice moment that's kind of redundant to say it like that but anyway we're at that point to where I believe people are beginning to really realize that or that are in influential roles within companies um, in order to put more resources toward recruiting, to put more resources toward marketing, uh, because marketing, selling and branding are all three different things that companies have historically, especially in the trades, haven't embraced, you know, You throw a banner up at a golf tournament, call it a day. You know, that's how they market it. But there's so much more to that with social and, and the world that we live in today 
Uh, we talked about TikTok while ago. We talked about all, we have all these social platforms. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm talking in a in convincing myself way, uh, but I'm also really believing that we're, we're getting there. I believe we're catching the tail end of what the world's been telling us as an industry and starting to pay attention. That's, that's really what I could have said without that 90 seconds of babble. But um, I, think we're, I, I think we're seeing it coming. Yeah, but that's why we tune in. We love to hear Greg talk it out. Yeah, talk out, talk the thought out, and I, I love what you're saying. And I agree. I think there's been a ton of progress. Uh, I like to call it life balance, right? It's just one, like you have one life, and you're balancing. Uh, and people are no longer wearing those powers as badges of honor. And let's face it, the industry has changed over the last twenty to thirty years, right? Like it, the designs are not as complete with the automation going on. The the codes and regulations sometimes can be out of this world trying to jump through the right hoops to build something. The skilled trade workers are not like are not as skilled as they once were. I mean, when's the last time you saw a, a master mason? Like, um, you know, the the conditions have changed and everything that you're saying, that's why lean construction exists. That's why we're visualizing, you know, quality expectations. That's why we're talking about conditions of satisfaction. That's why we're you know, engaging and empowering the people doing the work is so that we can make the, that building world a little bit easier again. Seven people are retiring for every person coming into the HVAC arena. Um, I'm, I don't know what that looks like across electrical and, and all the other trades. It's five to one overall, five. what I've read a couple of years back. Yeah. All right. So let's say it's four to one. Okay. Let's be, let's be kind <laughs> to the universe. That's horrible. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's Charles you, Barkley. You, terrible. You 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 said something a while ago, Adam. That that's so true. Is that we were deemed essential workers. However, it took a pandemic to get that across to everybody, uh, which is kind of a weird way of looking at it. Because you know, and I, I tell the story all the time. Um, everybody needs stuff done. You know, I look at Tyler, he's got a ceiling fan and, a, and a, a light kit behind him. Somebody had to hang that. Somebody had to wire it, you know, little, little bitty stuff that has to happen every day. And have, have you have you tried to hire a handyman lately? Just you can't hardly find somebody. I swear, if I were 30 years old, I would buy myself a nice truck. And I would I would become a millionaire by the time I was 40 because I could go just in some neighborhoods and do stuff that people don't know how to do. Like hanging that world map behind you. Uh, I could do that for somebody. I could do the light kit because there's a skill that we're not bringing into that youth movement. And I know we're, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but we're we're at a point where people are beginning to realize we have to have workers. And when you start impacting people's lives and they say, oh crap, our, our plumber can't get here for two weeks. That, that's what makes people aware that there's a need. And I think the more people, and I'm not talking about suffering, I'm talking about people becoming aware of these services that are in such high demand that they can't just pick up the phone and call for any longer. 
and get a quality plumber. I'm sure you can get a plumber out here tomorrow, but quality that knows what they're doing, that understands the codes, as you said, that, that when you start hitting people at the house is when they start listening. When the wife calls and says, hey, there's, you know, brown trout coming out of the toilet. What do I do? Um, you you start to really realize the impact. So uh, that's a nice way to say it. Who, who is that plumber that was on the Crumpton show? Who is that again? Uh, well, we got Bob Bob Baker's coming on here next month. Oh, so yeah. that'll be a hoot. I, that's who I would call first. I've seen some of his work out there. Uh, but yeah, you're exactly right. Society doesn't realize how much they value trade workers until they don't have one of the luxuries of their life, right? When they can't just go down the hall and use the restroom, or they can't just go to the refrigerator and open it up and it's cold, or they wake up and it's freezing in their house, or the internet doesn't work. <gasps> like, God forbid the internet doesn't work. Um, and then, yeah, and all of this stuff is done by a trade worker. And, but we don't realize it until we need it. And that, that's unfortunate, but it's, it's a reality. Uh, and so, um, but, but you're right. I do think there is some progress being made. I, I think, um, you know, folks like yourself going out and getting in front of people and just spreading the word about the need is huge and it's making change in this world and, and it's much needed change despite whether the world knows it or not. So what are you, what are you, uh, what, what are your thoughts or what are your actions? Have you done anything, uh, as far as getting in front of people at school, getting in front of the youth movement, what are you doing in that regard? Oh man, don't get me started on the youth. I, I have Hoots loves the kids. Uh, I, I so we've got the Skill Trades Alliance, which I'm sure you're familiar with. I co-founded that with an awesome group of people: uh, Miss Christy Powell, Angela Gardner, Mary Allison, like all these amazing and awesome women in construction. Um, so through STA, we're connected with the uh, South Carolina Department of Commerce, the local regional workforce advisor, Jay Blankenship. He is forever getting us in every single one of the uh, high school career fairs, mid middle school career fairs. We go to the CTE, uh, to the career technical education centers. There's four or five of them around Greenville. We're able to speak to the kids. We're able to tell them what it's like, how much money the earning potential is, what it's like in the day in the life of, how you can get to, uh, you know, own your own business, whether you go to college or you go to the trades, like you still go to executive management and you still ultimately end up in the same place. Uh, and so we're forever getting in front of the, the young folks out there. Um, we, I serve on an organization called Recab here in uh, Greenville. That is the Regional Education Center for Advisory Board. So there's a bunch of community leaders. We partner with Greenville County and we help uh, kind of design the, the curriculum. We're again, just connected in such a way that we can teach them about construction. So we're educating the educators about what construction roles are like, how you can, um, you know, not sell, but be able to provide the information needed, uh, how to connect kids to the industry uh, and then also, I um, this is my favorite thing, Greg. So there's an organization called SC Career Kids, and I serve on their board. Miss Katie Wiggs is a is a phenomenal person, and she's a, a kindergarten teacher. She's been a virtual uh, teacher for like 
five or 10 years before virtual was the thing, right? Uh, and so during COVID, she wasn't, she was continuing to do school and she had three kids at home. So she gathered up about a dozen kids or so and went to Irmo, the city of Irmo, and used their um, chamber of commerce area as a way to help teach the kids about uh, careers. And so now we're in the process of designing a 3D virtual field trip. Uh, and I can share the link with you. I'd love to. Um, but you can actually like get in a car and Google Earth yourself around to different places. I click on the fire station, go in the fire station and hear the chief of Irmo or chief of Irmo firefighting, like tell about the job. And then you get back in the car, you hit the dentist, you hit the uh, hairstylist, you hit the plumber, you hit the and it's all of these different things throughout the city of Irmo. And it's it's really special. Um, again, they're doing career camps They're They that is the deal. Like we cannot be too early. Let me jump in. What what's the what's the target age for that program? So that's pre-K kids. That's like okay. four and five years old. It's really connecting their passions. Like if they like Legos, maybe engineering, maybe construction. If if they like to debate with you, maybe law. If they like to, you know, you can pick up on little traits and at least just educate these kids on what is an engineer or, you know, what is a, a possibility that I could do in construction or, you know. Do I like numbers? Do I like and, and help them early on find what their icky guy, what is their passion? What is their reason for being on earth? You know, the, the people in uh, I, I would I would say the Norwegian company countries do a phenomenal job of, of picking out those traits early and allowing kids to move into those areas of education early. Um, I, I, I don't remember where I read it, but it was really showcasing the fact that in Germany, a lot the same way. If you have a, a, a passion or a natural ability for mechanics, you know, or welding, there's there's high school level curriculum that you start to peel towards. In Canada, we talked to a lot of Canadians on here. They have a pretty darn good program, too, to get involved early in education as opposed to our traditional model or traditional being the last 30 years, you go through this program uh, for 12 years and then you're like, okay, now what? You got two choices. Rather than using those, college, those high school years as a, as a prep for where you're headed. And uh, I, I love to see the development of what you were talking about, the career CET programs, I believe you referred to it locally. Uh, I'd love to go to some of those with you since we're here together just to, to witness that. I think that'd be awesome. Um, well, thank you for doing all. Thank, thank you for doing that, first of all, because without people like you out there swinging that machete through the jungle, nobody sees a path, you know, they just see. Uh, and, and unfortunately, high school guidance counselors sometimes can be bonused on how many college placements they get. They don't get that to go to Greenville Tech. They get that to go to Clemson. Yeah. Um, oh. So by the that's way, a problem. Yeah. By the way, I'm also going to Clemson. I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, I'm getting, right, getting a master's degree now. I am going to be teaching schedule, planning and scheduling in, in the spring uh, as a TA. And so... It's my goal to get in front of those 
you know, young people coming into the industry to help them understand how to value a trade merchant. Right. So that's one of the other things I'm doing to, again, just staying busy, like you said, trying to trying to carry my own weight. Well, I, I don't think that that's uh, that that can't be, you know, you can't get enough praise for doing that. So thank you. Um, Labor of love. Yeah. So Tyler, you what? I mean, you're hearing all this, and and you know, you're somebody who I always look to to see how this hits people that are not inside the trades or the construction industry. I mean. Other than hoops having 30 hours on a day that we only get 24, what, what's your takeaway? Yeah, I, I'm always interested in, I guess, the, 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 some of the statistics you've, you've quoted and, and some of the things that we've talked about about the industry is um, readily available information to, to anybody, but not everybody does something about it. What do you think kind of sets people like yourself and others apart that actually decide to roll up their sleeves and, and do something about the, the things that, that you're seeing, you know, and, um, and maybe talk a little bit about just some of the people that you've partnered with and worked with and, and what you see from those folks that, um, that you think, you know, makes a difference in, in, in what you're doing. Man, that couldn't be more spot on Tyler. You like just softballed me the question. Right there. Like, thank you. So, so he works for CNN. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you must write all their scripts, huh? Yeah. Right. Oh, right. No. Thank you. Uh, no, thank of you. Course. That was awesome. I think, uh, so, so can say your question more succinct in, in a specific way, because you got my brain turned in a million different directions. <laughs> I want to make sure I deliver some good flow. Let me tell you what I heard. And then mm -hmm. Tyler, you tell me if it's different. Yeah. What makes people like you who give a crap and do something about it rather than squawking about it? Yeah. I love That's it. it. Coming from a trade worker to a trade worker, me and you, now I got it. Uh, <laughs> it's experience, right? It's I've been there. Uh, working in that pit that's full of uh, an unknown liquid and corn floating in it, right? Like that's been me and that sucked. Like, and so ever since that moment, I was just determined like this, like nobody's going to have to deal with this. This is not right. And so the buck stops here, right? Uh, I think having a, my buddy, Jesse Hernandez, I uh, love this, love shouting him out. He's got this phrase, idea to action, and limiting that time, right? Um, because the longer you let an idea float around without action, um, the, the, you know, the less likely you ever are to enable it. Uh, he also says a lot of good ideas die in the graveyard uh, or live in the graveyard. And so uh, a lot of good ideas live in the graveyard. Um, and so, right, like, I don't see... A whole lot of people doing anything about it yet my the crew that i gravitate to like so shout outs to to jason schroeder and spencer easton and felipe and miss jen lacy uh jesse hernandez the no bs with jen and jess the whole tribe there like check them out on linkedin if you're not already there they're introducing the people side of lean into the construction uh industry and it's it's missed like it is it is something where we have totally missed the boat and they've created a community that is just out of this world. They wrote a book called Lean and Love, which again, you know, these are my people, right? We talk twice a week at 5 a.m. And it just, um, 
they're the reason I put that post out on LinkedIn. I would have never done that. Like I'm from a tree, but I'm not like getting vulnerable and transparent with you. Forget that. Like I don't want my new noise out there. And, but something about it just clicks where it's like, Hey, if, when you are vulnerable, when you are transparent, you just like, this is me. Uh, good things happen in this world. And you're able to kind of relieve some stress and pressure of trying to be somebody you're not and be able to make a true difference. Um, and so that's why, that's how um, Kanban, Scrum, that's another way that I just get stuff done, right? And it's easiest form uh, is to do, doing, and done. And I've got post-it notes all over that I've just like, hey, got to get this done. Boom, it's on my to-do list. And then once a week, I prioritize that. And then I start doing it. Bang, 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 bang. And I get it done. And I think it's, um, yeah, you write it down. See, I'm... <laughs> I got to have mine on the wall and I got to have mine looking at me all the time or else I'll just be like, Oh, close that book and just put that one over there. I'm done for today. Um, but if it's right there on my wall looking at me, I'm like, Oh boy, I got to do something about that. So anyway, it's just, uh, but I also limit my work in progress. I follow the production laws, which are four laws that I discovered through my career in construction. And when you don't fight against them, things are super easy, but they're counterintuitive. Um, so yeah, I, I guess, did I, did I answer the question, Tyler? I think that was awesome. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know we were going to have a sewage ejection pump conversation <laughs> on here, but, uh, I'm glad we did. Kinda. I've been called worse. Kinda. <laughs> kinda. kinda. No, I'm talking about the I'm pit with, with the corn floating. Um, so tell me the four laws. I'm curious about that. Oh, I know we're limited on time. Yeah. Are they are they bulleted or we need to come I, back to that? I can bullet them. Um, and every every construction worker, every trade worker that's been in the industry for more than 15 to 20 years will be like, oh, yeah, I've ran into that before. So. And again, I'm getting into academia. So sometimes it's like, Greg, just knock me back a little bit if you need to. But. So the four laws, the first one is Little's Law, which is an actual calculation that I can't remember because I'm still a trade worker at heart. But it basically tells us three things. It tells us to work in small batches, to limit our work in progress, and finish as we go. And then there's the law of variation. And the law of variation that says the longer you allow variation to happen, the more superfluous work or the worse off you're going to be, right? Uh, so deal with variation immediately uh, and get back on, on plan. And then there's the law of bottlenecks, which I think we all kind of understand. Like, hey, there's one part of your process that's going to take the longest. Um, and then once you clear that, there's going to be another bottleneck. And when you clear that, there's another bottleneck. And so you can only move at the rate of your worst bottleneck. And that's where people mess up, because when you start jamming the bottleneck full, the bottleneck slows down. Uh, yes, our supply chain right now. Amen. Yeah, that's a great, great example. Uh, and then the fourth one uh, is Kingman's formula, which basically, again, it's a calculation that says the actual duration that it takes is equal to the actual duration that it takes multiplied by the effective variation multiplied by the effective resource utilization. And so, again, another counterintuitive approach to if I use my resources at 100%, my project is actually going to take longer uh, because I'm not planning for the next step, right? I'm not like- No slack. Exactly. Um, and so, 
you know, there's a couple others that support it, like Brooks Law that basically says, hey, you add um, team members to a late project and it becomes later um, because of the learning curve. Like there's other things that support those, but those are the four main ones right there. Well, it's so funny. I've never heard those described in those terms, but every one that you said, I get, yeah. you know, like it's innate um, because you've been burnt by it in the past. And and I operate my, my life on a couple of those, like uh, Little's Law. I do stuff and I nail it. I do stuff and I nail it. I don't have 45 damn open things, mainly because my brain doesn't work like that. I'm, I'm super hyper-focused on what I'm doing. And, and sometimes that's a problem because I drill down really, really deep. And because like you, I'm a, I feel like I got nine damn jobs. I know I need to be working on a couple of other things, but I really want to focus. So I, I, I learned to live with that and, and prioritize based off of that. Um, and that's one of the biggest sins in the construction industry today is we don't finish things as we go. Like as a lean shepherd or a lean coach, I come into job sites. I'm like, all right, show me what's done. And they're like, nothing's done. We've started everything because the schedule told us to start and we're on schedule because we started it. Well, you're not on schedule because you start things. You're on schedule because you finish things like that. That can be a whole conversation on, on the tragedy of a Gantt chart of yeah, something I'm considering doing a thesis and dissertation on. Yeah. When when you see the Gantt chart swell with this many items that are open for this amount of time, you got a problem. Amen. So anyway, um, man, um, here we are, Tyler. Ten till. Um, I don't know how it happens. It's it's like a, a it's a force that happens over this computer that time stands still. Every dang time. Every and bam, time. it pops you right in the head. So yeah. Well, you gotta um, look for the common denominator there, huh? It, hey, <laughs> I'll do the I'll do all the comedy on the show, okay? You, <laughs> um no, Adam, it, it's really been interesting. I, there's so many more things. We we'll have to do a rev 2.0 on this because I don't think that we really scratched some of the topic. Um we we had I've had a great time. Um and we talked about a lot of cool stuff, but there's so many foundational things that you're working on uh, that I think, you know, we, what, what, what are we up to Tyler? 26 million. Is that what our, is that my stat? Yeah. Give or take. So 74, 74.4% of our 26 million listeners approve of that number. Uh, so we're going to go with that, but there's really, there's so much, man, that uh, we could, talk about maybe maybe we get Jen and Jess on also uh, to talk and maybe we have a little a little quorum one day on what you guys are doing because I think it's really really important uh, and I want to talk to Tyler's and his people about getting this message out to a broader audience uh, because as powerful as this podcast is there's still work to be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every so every two weeks, Ben and Jess do a live stream on LinkedIn Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern. So feel free to tune in. Uh, we all support one another. I'd love to bring them on, but 
when they come on, I'm like Tyler. I hang out in the background and like I might like pop up the comments and like, but they live stream everything and, and that's their philosophy. Like, hey, I'm just gonna be me, be real, be authentic, and uh, here it is. Let's do it. And so, I'd love to get them on here though. Yeah, let, let's we'll talk about that offline and see if we can arrange a conversation uh, for sure. But, um, well, T, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, man, I'm I'm. I'm like hyper stoked about this um, as usual, you know, I'm, I'm fired up about getting people uh, exposed to the trades. I mean, I just published on our, on my webpage this morning, uh, a lady who's in charge of the Canadian uh, truckers, uh, women in trucking in Canada, uh, you know, all that stuff is such a darn big world out there, you know, and I get, I don't know. It's just, it's just cool as shit. So um, I don't know how else to say that. I don't even know if I can say that, but it is cool. So uh, it's your podcast, man. You can say whatever you want. Uh, no, good call. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, Adam that's, really, uh, really do appreciate you taking time. I think that uh, some of the work you're doing is just really groundbreaking, uh, you know, not to be overly dramatic about it, but it has to be done. Um, you know, one of my favorite hashtags is if not us, then who? Um, because if we're not doing it, you know, I hear it every day. People squawking about this, can't get people, can't do this, can't train, can't get anybody worth the crap. And then they sit up here on their little ivory tower and bitch about it instead of getting out here and going to the high school and talking about it. So um, you're doing it. I want to help uh, however we can. Uh, so bam there you go speaking of favorite hashtags i'll toss mine out there as well while i shout out mr ray terry who's uh, another one about your house radio at fox sports on saturday mornings ray's 72 years old now i believe and he's still working under houses plumber by trade but he'll do anything he's got a hashtag put tools in schools he's visited six schools in the charlotte metro area this year uh, he's looking for HVAC and plumbing companies as well. So, uh, or any, any trade contractors to go with him. He's got 13 or 14 companies that travel to these schools with him and he would love to get folks involved. Shout out Ray Terry. He's an amazing human being. Well, I'll be, uh, I'll be down in the, in the peach state tomorrow. So I'll, I'll try to, uh, see if we can get that connection made, but thank you for that. Uh, thank you for everything you're doing, Adam, with the, with the trades, the, uh, the young people awareness is just phenomenal. So keep it up. Um, thank you for taking time out of your day and, and joining us here for a little note. You should do ourselves. Uh, Wouldn't miss it for the world, my man. And uh, just keep digging, man. Let's just keep at it. Absolutely. And everyone out there, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. We appreciate it very much. Of course, go check out Adam Hoots. You can find him on LinkedIn. You can find all the different stuff that he's doing. So uh, make sure to go there. Adam, anywhere else that people should go? LinkedIn's the best. You can hit my website, uh, constructionachesolutions.com. You can go to skilledtradesalliance.net. You can look at constructionism.co. I'm not hard to find, as Coach Prime says. I'm not hard to find, baby. I love it. I love it. Anytime we can work a Coach Prime uh, reference into a podcast, that's uh, that's that's well done for the day. So <laughs> well done. Well done, Adam. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode. We'll see you next time on Straight Outta Compton.